season two of the producers podcast here at 1043 the fan is officially underway welcome back to another episode of the producers podcast you're listening to kj the producer of the drive in denver sports tonight and you are not just me but you are too fortunate enough to be joined by the producer of the morning sh- morning show with Slareth and Evans. I don't know why it's I always do that. Twister, man. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And uh, John, man, how are you doing, dude? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's, um, you know, better than the Broncos, that's for sure. Oh. But overall, man, I'm good. I'm Life is good. I'm in a pretty solid routine just outside of the building, inside of the building. Um, very little stresses in life i'm happy i'm healthy i'm feeling good man there you go how about you same here man the truth of the matter is i you know i i I could complain but honestly it does me no good and i think there's there's a lot of things to be to be grateful for um and to your point i too i think I, i like the rhythm that i've found top to bottom um and and outside of of 104 through the fan studios because um, you know, 2023 has been, you know, one heck of a ride, uh, you know, between the, the Nuggets winning and we were expecting the Avs to go back to back, but yeah. then the whole Val situation happened and, you know, we we're trying to figure out what's going on with the Broncos. And then next thing you look up, the Broncos aren't doing what they're supposed to do, but then the Buffs take their place. So the Buffs will kind of turn into like another NFL team here because of the coverage. So it is it's been great, man. I think overall, man, there's a lot of things to kind of look forward to. Absolutely. And uh, especially with the winter months quickly approaching, you know, that's kind of the time where, at least for me, it's kind of just a little harder to get going, especially in the morning mm, and stuff like that. Fact. But you've been, um, last time we talked, which was a couple of weeks ago, probably like in person, you were still on your gym grind. Are you still doing that or? Oh man, I am, um, I am trying to get back there. Um, so, you know, for those who don't know, I had another job for a period of time. Um, and I quit that other job. So now I can kind of focus on, focus on other things that I like to do and I don't, you know, have to fit it in wherever I can. Now I can kind of create more of a routine and schedule as we kind of talked about a few minutes ago. And I, that's that's where I am now. So just trying to get you. back into kind of in that transitional schedule. period. Yeah. So uh, I think now, that's important, man. Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's, you know, it's like, especially for, you know, not to get too, uh, I guess, like deep in thought, but, you know, we're, you're 27, you're on my age. 25. So mm-hmm. I'm 30. So it's like all we kind of heard growing up is, you know, our generation is lazy, this, that, and the other. And it's just like become almost like, uh, socially acceptable to work, you know, 12 to 14, 15 hour days, which if you do that more power to you, but I just don't, I feel like that's a really hard way to consistently go about things, you know? Um, and like you said though, but for me, like I need to have an outlet, you know, to do stuff. And for me, it's like going to the gym, doing some sort of physical activity because that just helps clear the mind and everything like that. So I'm glad to hear that, uh, you've freed some space up to to do that and in a job that we do we do have to be creative and oh, yeah. you you need to have a certain sort of like headspace right to be able to you know think creatively and to uh just have kind of like an open mind when it comes to um just trying to create whatever we create on a daily basis with your right. host topic ideas oh, and yeah. things like that so i'm really glad to hear that uh 
that you're doing that. And we'll, we'll dive into it. Um, dive into things here real quick. One last thing I want to say though, some, and yeah. this sounds corny yeah. and it probably is, <laughs> but that? something I've been doing about the last month is every, the minute I wake up, I say it out loud. I don't, I say it in my head, but I also say it out loud. Today is going to be an amazing day. Mm. I say that over and over and over as I'm like all pissed off, you know, getting out of bed at three, three, I'm just like, yeah, today's going to be, but I, I try to, you know, I just say that while I'm walking around trying to get, you know, my, my, uh, teeth brush, just getting ready for the day. I say that over the course of about two to three minutes. I don't know if, you know, I like to think that it's working, but my headspace just in general, my ability to like attack the day, um, more positively, you know, it could be placebo, but I think there is some sort of like, you know, deep subconscious context to doing that right. frequently that you actually do trick, you know, the deepest parts of your brain where you don't even, you know, control actually thinking in a positive way like that. Absolutely. I'm a super big advocate of like positive affirmations and stuff like that. So yeah, same here, man. I, I think you have to have it because I, I always say, man, we consume so much crap every day from social media right. to the things we have to deal with car starts breaking down bills start piling up uh if you got kids then you know kids can be his own set of sure, of, of tons of stresses in, exactly in the world. there's just so many things that can stress you out and you got to have something that keeps you aligned to have those positive thoughts that positive thinking that 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 space that sets the tone for the day of how you're going to think um I've heard this this uh, motivational speaker say before, how you start the day influences your entire day. Sure. And I think that matters because, you know, at the end of the day, uh, if you have that one positive thing that you can look back on and say, you know what? I told myself it was going to be this type of day. I'm going to lean into yeah. it versus saying Whatever happens today, I'll take it. I'll deal with it. Right. Like no one wants to have a crappy day if we're just right. Being of course, and that so, stuff sounds cheesy, but it's it's true, man. And oh, like, yeah. I'm again, I'm a really firm believer in like doing whatever you can to trick that subconscious part you of your brain. Because from you know, for just like videos I've seen, articles I've read, it's like that part of your brain is like what, and it's it's kind of like weird to think about, but that's what influences most of like your thought processes and your actions and all that. And you think it's like a a one-to-one direct process of like, Oh, I, you know, I just do. So therefore I just coast through life. It's like, no, it's that subconscious part of your brain. If you can trick it into being positive, even if you're not positive, but if you could trick it into being positive, it just kind of, it's just simple math. You'll just keep going up, up and up. So, right now, not positive. Yeah. It's the Denver Broncos. Because ah, they haven't won a game, man. The They've yet to win a freaking game yet. They they have yet to win a game. And and obviously this 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 podcast is being recorded and brought to you right here at the end of se- September as we're preparing to turn a calendar here. Um the Broncos have not gotten off to a great start. And uh in so many ways, I know a lot of you who are listening have seen the meltdowns. Uh, they were supposed to win the game against the Raiders. They found a way to lose that. Mm-hmm. They were supposed to win against the Commanders. They find a way to blow that. And, I was at that game, too. Uh, oh, my gosh. So the narrative after that game was, okay, the Broncos don't know how to finish in the second half. Then you're running to the greatest show on surf, the Miami Dolphins. <laughs> and See what you did there. Dude, 
this is unbelievable where the Broncos are right now because they've taken a turn in one year that you felt like that's something that should have happened earlier so that you can get to a sooner rebuild. But for the first time, I think in the history of the Broncos, there has to be a serious thought, a serious conversation about when do you know it's time? Sure. And I think the Broncos have to start asking themselves that question. You have great ownership, right? They got Buku cash. They're learning. They're trying to figure it out. They've made great investments thus far. They don't mind trying different things. I I love that. Um, But I think even them in their learning process, they ran businesses before, successful businesses at that. And they can see that this is just not working we may have to start over so john i'll open it up to you first when do you know uh if you're the denver broncos and even in life when is it time to start over when is it time to push that reset button that it's it's difficult because i don't think you can like put a realistic like in life like scenario to the scenario the broncos are in because if you're the Broncos, you're Sean Payton and you're the coaching staff, I guess the first question would be is who is having that conversation? Right. That would need to be the first kind of like understanding because I don't think it can be Sean Payton and the players, Sean Payton and his coaching staff. I think that is, like you said, that's a George Payton, Greg Penner, and then probably rope in uh, Sean Payton kind of conversation. But, right. you know, that's been the conversation, at least on our show for you know, the last, since the massacre in Miami is, you know, is it time to rebuild? Is it time to start thinking tank? If you're a player, you can't think that way. No. Like you just, you're, first of all, you're not built that way. Second of all, you can't think that way because you're going to need to be putting tape out for other teams if you are traded or cut or anything like that. And third, you're just going to get yourself hurt. Like yep. in the NFL, if you just like don't, take every play as you know intensely um as your opponent then you're just gonna like get hurt so from a player's perspective that can't happen and sean payton he's only three games in here and i think a really like sobering kind of um rock steady thought process on the whole thing is we have eight years, seven years of just like all this build up to this mess. Right. Sean Payton doesn't have any of that. Sean Payton didn't live any of the last six, seven, eight years of the Denver Broncos since Super Bowl 50. Right. So to him, this is just like the equivalent of like, you know, you're you're about to start a race, the gun sounds, and then you stumble and then you fall. But right. then you get then how do you get back up and finish? Right. So right. It's it's all that contextualized, um, and I don't know. I mean, I think it to and to just give an answer to your question. I think it would be if you lose this weekend, like you can't lose to the Bears, dude. You can't. You KJ, you can't lose to the Bears. They are such a bad football team. Like I they, agree. Their defensive coordinator just resigned. The uh, like resigned what a week ago, two yeah, weeks ago, yeah, before last week's ago, game, yeah. and then there's all crazy accusations happening around there. Oh, but like that man. whole that organization is in worse disarray than you are. You can't lose to the Bears. If you lose to the Bears, that conversation needs to be happening between Penner, 
I mean, Walton, Bill Walton, I, or Bill Walton, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of basketball over here. Um, no. But Walton, the Wal- it's Greg Penner who runs the show, so Pretty it would much, need yeah. to be, you know, Penner, um, George Payton, and Sean Payton really starting to kind of discuss those things. And it's more of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, like, all right, we start trading players away, things right. like that. And that's kind of where you're circling towards the tank. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Um Man, you say they better not. KJ, you can't lose to the Bears, dude. John, I would love to agree with you, but there's nothing about the Broncos. I'm not saying that they won't. (laughs) I'm just saying you can't lose to like you cannot lose to the Bears. You can't lose to the Bears and continue the road in which you've been down because, like, you know, the thought process was, oh, people were going to get benched. Um, Vance Joseph's name specifically needs to get fired. People were saying. So, and you didn't do any of those things in the name of we're only three weeks into the season. If you start 0-4 and you've lost to the Bears and with the context of how you've lost the other three games, then you have to make changes. You have to. Yeah, and I I also think the Broncos have put themselves in a position to where they're already starting to look back in that rearview mirror that Sean Totos was no longer on <laughs> that the he car. ripped off. Yeah. Ripped off the mirror. I think the... they went. I think someone scooped it before it hit the ground, and I think they're starting to look so, back just a little bit. So I don't know, man. Do you I... think in a hypothetical situation where we lose to the Bears? And or the conversation is being had, okay, this team is just not good. We right. need to literally start stripping down to who are our key guys, how can we build around them, who are those players. Do you think Sean Payton's the right coach for that? Oh, and let me two part question. Do you okay. think Sean Payton's the right coach for that? And do you think still with that hindsight in context that Greg Penner and the Broncos would still go for Sean Payton and paying him, what is it, like $18 million a year yeah, to be the work. head coach of a real rebuilding project? Man, that, that's that's a great question. Um, I think that Sean Payton wants to be a part of a winner, and I think Sean Payton understands that there's no greater – uh, fulfillment than creating your version of winning from the ground up. Um, I don't think there's a Drew Brees-esque quarterback that he can go and snag. I don't think there's a situation like that currently in the NFL. So I'd rather, if I were Sean Payton, say I, I, I'm i okay leaning into getting a young quarterback who can do all of the things I need him to do mm. on behalf of what we're trying to build. I can, I can show him the ropes. I can tell him what's going on. I got other quarterbacks that have done it before that I've mm. been around uh, during the Bill Parcells days and then up until when he was with the Saints that can potentially mentor the young quarterback, not to mention you can bring in mm. a veteran quarterback who's done it before that can also show him the ropes that will continue to grow with the team that he's trying to build. Well, the I, I think the I, yeah, go actually keep going. Keep yeah, going. well, one, one quick thing. Sean Payton has the chance to take the Doug Peterson route. And I think that's super important because as an offensive mind, 
you have to lean into their strengths. And Doug mm-hmm. Peterson knew what Trevor Lawrence was capable of. Does Sean Payton have the patience to lean into his young quarterback's strengths until they can get to that level? Well, who would that young quarterback be, though? That's, you know, you're already assuming we have a young quarterback. Oh, you know what I mean? Because well, we don't have what? that guy. You're right. We don't have that guy. Um, but I, I guess I'm processing everything through the future because I think the way things are trending, I think it's inevitable. So you can so you can see a path where you you have full confidence because this wasn't the plan. The plan, obviously, like the plan. But the plan, obviously, you don't plan to go on for it. But the plan wasn't to be like, oh, we need to like rebuild this entire team. That was never the idea or the thought process being pushed around when we were in search for a new head coach. So, but you do believe Sean Payton is the right coach for this specific job. I think so from the perspective of he pushes buttons that certain coaches can't, can't certain young coaches can't push. And Do you think that's still effective in today's league, though? Because even when he, when Drew Brees was, you know, he had Drew Brees as like the guy. Sean could be that guy. He could be the a hole in the room, right? And he could dog cuss every single player, absolutely. And then Drew can come right behind him and kind of like you know we say on the morning show, "Mama cat him," you mm-hmm. know, like you know, lick him behind the ears, tell him everything's okay, and be that motivate motivator in the locker room. Broncos don't have that. So does that, so if that, if that worked in what, basically what I'm saying is what everything that Sean whole held his laurels to in new Orleans won't work here because the situation is so different. It's not an a to B it's not a lateral move. So my next follow-up question to that would be, do you think that'll work? Cause also players mentality is a little softer now. They don't like to be, you know, pushed that same way, even as it was four or five years ago. I, I, I agree. I think that's where Greg Penner and Damani Leach come in. And what I mean by that is you have to have people around the organization that can be able to remind Sean that, hey, I understand you want to lay down the iron fist all the time, mm-hmm. but the truth of the matter is we're in a different age, so you may have to take a different approach. And if Sean is not going to uh, succumb to that, he's not going to come down to to be able to really change his ways, then you've got to have somebody who can kind of, I want to say go behind Sean's back, but essentially somebody who is going to be able to Help be the balance. coddler. Yeah, yeah you've be got the balance to, to his... You've got to have that balance, man, because... Oh, man. I, it, Sean is such That's a... That's asking a lot. He's a great offensive mind, and I think... I think you as ownership would have to ask yourself, are we willing to give up everything that he brings on the field to offset what we, what, what we would lose because essentially what you're losing on the field, if you let him go uh, to bring in someone who can do the off the field stuff. Well, we saw a glimpse of that last year and I think is is there there isn't always a correlation i think a coach that can handle both on and off the field they do not come a dime a dozen andy reeds are rare so i think that's where you have to kind of lean into and say just have somebody who can be able to do the other stuff while sean is uh, is going to be the iron fist 
if he believes that that's not going to work for him. Well, here's the thing. Sean Payton ain't changing himself. Sean Payton ain't changing for nobody. Now, I say that, and I'm going to be kind of tongue-in-cheek here. This week, Sean Payton's tone to the media, drastically different. Absolutely. And it and we were talking about this as well in the morning. It seems like Greg Penner, or some, and it has to be Greg. If you just do process of elimination, it has to be Greg Penner. Right. Got to Sean's ear and been like, hey. Respect, Rob, Rob is not coming down yeah, He ain't, thing, right? yeah. Um, but, you know, and he probably was like, hey, you got to not be this way to the media. You know, especially when we're getting our butts whipped by 50 points. You can do that in the locker room, but you can't do that publicly, which I'm actually okay with. Right. Um, but I don't think Sean's been doing this for decades. He's not going to change. Um, how is his personality and how he approaches coaching? So, and I don't think, but on the side of that, even if it's not, if his personality isn't meshing with today's players, it's kind of, and then again, it's just kind of this world of suck that the Broncos, like the Broncos can just never find themselves. I always use this analogy. I heard Zach by say like two years ago, and I think it's great. It's like, when you order, when you go and you sit down at a fancy restaurant and you order a meal, right? So you order like a steak with some mashed potatoes, some broccoli, and um, a dessert, like a five-course meal, right. right? But then the steak comes out first. And then after the steak or midway through your steak, then the appetizers come. Right. And then the dessert comes after that. And not every, like it's not, everything's not aligning. The things that you should be having in your meal like the appetizer should come first and then, okay, you, you eat the light appetizer then maybe five to 10 minutes passes. Then, and then you have your main course. Right. And then like you serve drinks throughout there. It's all these different things for the Broncos that like are just coming at the wrong time. Like Sean would be a perfect person right after like Kubiak. Right. You know? And so it's just like the Broncos can't seem to find this balance within just the organization between coach, coach, GM owner and players. It just mm-hmm. hasn't, for whatever reason, it just hasn't manifested itself like that. So right. I don't think you can move on from Sean Payton simply for the fact we have moved on from so many coaches year after year after year. You just, you, even if you suck, right? you just got to stick with you Sean. Stick and with even it, if his like personality rubs wrong on on the players in the locker room, really what you're what you're talking about, if you're talking about a rebuild and it probably this probably means getting rid of Russ unless you can build kind of like a Seahawks formula where the defense are the leaders mm-hmm. is you need the you need the Drew Brees to Sean Payton but I'm not talking about on the field. Right. You need the leadership of Drew Brees to counterbalance Sean Payton's sharp personality in the locker room. That's where you can start building upon. So you really need to start finding leaders that can actually lead and be player led that locker room can be player led and then you can start building until then because like who's a who is a who's a true not in the context of the broncos like just by your active nfl standards who is a leader in that room who is the leader who is in that room who is the leader um if i'm just being honest with you i think the leader is justin simmons in, I don't think Justin Simmons is the right kind of leader. So the Broncos no. don't have one. Exactly. Because I would say the same thing. Oh, Justin Simmons. But that's like in the context of what we know with the Broncos. 
I don't think they ha- they don't have that guy. Justin Simmons is a great dude. He seems like you know everyone's best friend in the locker room, someone right. you'd want to hang out with. He does great stuff for um, you know charity in the city of Denver. But he's not that. He's not. It's it's one of those things where you like you just you can't necessarily describe it, but you know it when you see it. Oh yeah. And Justin Simmons just isn't that. What? He's like a secondary. It's like he'd be like an assistant captain in yeah. hockey, but he's not the captain. Right. Well, you know what you talk about? How do you describe it? It's simple. When that particular guy walks in any locker room, the guys know that he's that guy. Yep. That's usually your sign of a leader. And unfortunately, and just it's just how the NFL is built, that's usually your quarterback. Right. And when you have Russell, and listen, I I'm done. I'm just tired of making fun of Russell, but this is just a fact. He's toxic. His per his positivity is toxic. Like when you just cannot like when you when you are just playing so bad and you refuse to acknowledge it. That's that becomes toxic, like that positivity, the in inability or unwillingness to, you know, face the adversity or acknowledge the adversity that you're going through is toxic to right. any human being. So when your quarterback is like that, how do you expect that? And plus, that's such a weird personality type that like no one can relate to that. And so if I'm in that locker room. And my supposed, you know, leader, which would be the quarterback in most cases, is stepping up there. Oh, it's a journey, man. You know, we, we got a new chapter, new chapter, new week. It's like, Russ, we just got our heads kicked in by 50 points. We gave up 70 points, the most since like the 60s. And like you in it's in the next chapter, you go through ups and downs like, brother, we're in the depths of hell now. Man. We're not. This isn't just ups and downs. Seriously. Like We need I need you like you are a supposed leader. Help lead us like and you need to acknowledge the situation that we're in to help get us out of this track. And so unfortunately, and this wouldn't this is soon, obviously just my opinion, but it's way we can't even talk about the production on the field. Because it all starts in the locker room to me first. And that's just like with any business, with any company, with any professional team. Mm -hmm. It's all about who is in the leadership positions and how you can motivate a group of men or women in the work field to come together as one and work for something bigger than yourself. And the Broncos just don't have that. Absolutely. I, I agree. You know. I think the Broncos, you know, they're they're struggling with leadership. They're struggling with what they want to do there, where they want to go. And I also think it's an issue of because they're losing, guys would rather shy away than step up. Sure. Because the easiest thing to do is to shy away. Cecil came on a drive earlier this week, and he talked about how uh, when he was in the locker room, he saw guys on their iPads, and uh, no one, you know, I'm just being honest, there, there, there weren't an enough guys who wanted to necessarily step up and talk to the media. Right. I'm not saying that studying is wrong because I understand that's essential. Uh, the more study you can, sure. you can do early in the day that helps you not stay there till freaking 12 o'clock at night. So right. I, I get it. Sure. But in the same breath, you know, when PR comes in there and they say, Hey, locker room is open right. next 30 minutes. Media is going to be in here. And then when they're 30 minutes are up, They'll be out of here. You know, just give, hey, hey, guys, give them, give them your best 30 minutes, right? 
instead of giving the media the best 30 minutes that they could, they'd rather take that time to study. I think that's a sign of a team that's like, man, I'd rather lean into something that doesn't matter than lean into something that needs to be done right now. Sure. And I think the the sign of a grown-up, uh, uh, the sign of a mature team is knowing that certain moments you got to capitalize. Right. I think... It's kind of the Hackett syndrome too, right? Because we absolutely. always, because it was like all we ever heard as things like as the season went on with Hackett is like they're behind in the offense and, you know, Hackett's in over his head. There's too much stuff. Right. You know, there's just too much responsibility and he doesn't know how to like, you know, delegate to other people. And it almost sounds like, you know, if, you, if you're needing to stay in your iPad that much, you know, then they're that might be a sign of something of something wrong with some sort of cog in the wheel, if you I will. Because they know when the media is coming in. You so, know. You, so you would know, like, you okay, know, I got media at this time. Like, oh, only thir- like 30 minutes? That's fine, dude. I can, you know, push this away. And if anything, it's probably a nice little, probably not a nice little break when you get your heads kicked in, but the week after you get your heads kicked in. But, you know, it's like a nice something different. Of your normal routine, right. you know, that could be seen as that. So I don't think you're crazy for, or Cecil for like noticing that small thing. Cause it is, it's just like culture is built at least in like, and obviously I've never been a professional athlete, but just within friendships or, you know, relationships or, um, work, anything that includes more than one person, right. Yeah. That is, needs a team mentality. It's like the biggest thing I've noticed when it comes to a culture withering and just from the outside looking in with the Broncos, it's when you overlook a million little things. And it's so funny because Vic Fangio had it right at the at the whole time. It's death by paper cuts. Yep. It's when you ignore these small little things and eh, you push this off then you push that off. That snowballs and all of a sudden, you know, that little piece of hail that amounted into a big old snowball that's bigger than you, and it's coming down a mountain twenty five miles an hour, and it's going to kill you if it hits you. Right. So, no, you're you're right, and the Broncos. I I, I think it all circles back to uh, what you said earlier, John. They can't lose to the Bears because hell no, it's going to create an entirely different conversation. Oh my God, if they start off zero and four, dude. I, I I don't I don't I, listen listen <laughs> they, the, the, the whole purpose of this conversation go. obviously has been around when do you know there's been a lot of things that we've talked about over the last twenty to twenty five minutes that lets us know that this team is not there they are they are farther from where they want to be than where they think they are sure and it's just a sign that I think the Broncos. They have to get some type of momentum to avoid that snowball effect that you talked about. Yeah. Even I think even just to win on Sunday, just to just to breathe like you you're you're stuck underwater and you have like, you know, your neck is all the way up, you know, and you're barely like the water's to your chin. Right. Like you feel you feel like you are just about to drown. I feel like that's how the Broncos, that's how they, it's just human, you know, it's just normal human behavior to feel that way at this Absolutely. point. And so just a win on Sunday, just, you know, obviously if it was like really close and you had to like barely pull one out, 
that's not ideal, especially against the Bears. But just a, just seeing a W, seeing the Denver Broncos have more points than the other team, well, I think would just give them at least 24 hours just to exhale and be like, okay, one in three, we're only two games behind. Right. And then, again, because our fans, and I, I, I've heard it all over, and, of course, it's it's fair to do as a fan, but you start looking down the schedule. Right. Where where do you find the next win? Right. And as, but as a player, you're not thinking that way. You should. You're just taking it week by week, you know? Right. So... And I, I would assume that's what's happening. Really. So, you will but you, so. you see, you see one in three. Okay, we're two games away from five hundred. Yeah. Like, and we just got our first win. We did some things right. We, the locker room is, you know, happy. Um, especially if you just kick their heads in, that would be nice. And then hopefully, because I know Broncos teams in the past have been, you know, when the the famous Von Miller were going to go kick their ass against right. the Cardinals, and then. You know, that didn't really, that like, got the pressure off them, but then they didn't do anything the rest of the season. Right. So hopefully you don't feel yourself too much, but you're just able to just, again, just exhale, and then it just gives you, if not for 24 to 48 hours, just, uh, okay, we can, you know, breathe, focus on next week. Let's see if we can some stack some wins together. Um, and that's all you can really hope for. If, if you remember that team, I agree. But you John. can't lose to the Bears, you man. Can't, you man. cannot you lose can't to the Bears. Because the conversation we just had for the last 30 minutes or so here is exactly what, like you said, to, uh, to, 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 to get this thing started, John. Greg Penner, George Payton, Sean Payton. They're going to be having a different conversation if mm-hmm. they lose to the Bears. And. I don't want that for any of those three guys, but they have to understand a sense of urgency that's coming with it as well. Now, I know Georgia have his time split because he'll probably be at the Buffs and um, in Trojans game in Boulder on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the same breath, he has to be locked in on how can he make the Broncos better. And even though I know he his, his, his greatest skill is scouting right now, Every day has to be about how can I make the Broncos better. And oh, 100%. if I'm George Payton, that's that's kind of where my mind is at right now because there's no one walking on thinner ice not named Vance Joseph than George Payton. Real quick, uh, prediction for Sunday and how do you see um, – because I'm assuming you're going to pick the Broncos. I don't know. But how – in what scenario do the Broncos win? What scenario do the Broncos lose? So to your point, I do have the Broncos winning. Um, so let's let's start with the win first. Um, for me, it, it, it's super simple. Uh, the Broncos they have enough guys on the back end who can make plays, and I think it's time for them to start making plays. Justin Fields is not the greatest reader of the field, mm-hmm. so uh, no pun intended there. Um, so you have to maximize those moments where it's right in front of you if you're the defense because the truth of the matter is there have been multiple moments where it's been right there in front of you and you haven't right. maximized it. So I think the defense are, are going to maximize more moments versus Justin Fields than lose more moments. And I think that's how they ultimately pull out the win. How could they potentially lose? Well, I think – if the Broncos refuse to lean on the running game and they force rush to throw the ball around the yard, 
you're going to lose because that's been the argument all along. And when you go back to, I'll say, oh man, let's go back to 2020 on three and outs that have resulted in Russell Wilson throwing the ball on all three downs, Mm. just north of 75% of those three and outs have, uh, I'm sorry, let me, let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase that. Resulted in the score for the other team. Um, what I want to trying to say is when uh, 70, uh, just north of 75% of three and outs, uh, for Russell Wilson since 2020, have oh, been, been when he throws the ball, he of him three times, throwing yeah. the ball. But when they wanted extended drives, it's because they understood that we have to get the run game yeah, to run. continue to help the passing game stay fluid. Mm. And I think when you lean on Russ too much to make him feel as if he has to be the greatest passer in the world, right. you're just setting yourself up for failure. John, I'll ask you the same question. Who do you, you have? score first? Oh yeah, I, I, I give your score. Uh, twenty seventeen. Uh, twenty seventeen Broncos. Okay. Um. So so, how do you see them winning? How do you see them losing? And I who, have the Broncos winning sixteen to ten, because just prove it to me that you can score over sixteen points two weeks in a row. <laughs> I don't believe that. Or well, I guess they did against the Commanders too. But I just I don't know. Just just prove it to me. Sixteen I'm to ten. I'm not mad. It's it's gonna be ugly. Um. I don't know the. Defense isn't going to force. It's just going to be a boring game. Just both offenses are going to suck. Both defenses are going to suck. And the Broncos are just going to happen to score more <laughs> points than the Bears. That's how they win. I'm not. I, I know that, like, I tried to. I tried to just prove it to me. You know, yeah, just prove no, it to me. You haven't proven it to me. I agree. So just prove me that you can, you know, be competent. Um, 16 to 10 Broncos. Only way the Broncos lose is if they if the Bears don't get a lot of third downs. The Bears are atrocious on third down, and Justin Fields is going to have to run for like two hundred plus yards. Like he's, I'll say okay, I'll say like one fifty. Like Justin Fields is just going to have to tear them apart right. on, in on the run game, and that's like you know our our front four over committing. He's just running up the middle for like seven five to seven yards. Almost, it seems like almost every play. So it's just a battle of both really garbage teams. Um, but the Broncos are just going to happen to score more. I'm so, uh, dude, I'm just, and I'm trying not to be like, this isn't, I am angry, but it's not me just trying to like dunk on the Broncos because I can. Right. It's just, I don't think they're a very good football team. I'm and I think the that. Bears are just a little bit worse. Yeah. So it's just like, what what do you expect when two bad teams meet? Bad football all around. So, yep. 16 to 10 Broncos. Well, there you have it, folks. That is um, our conversation uh, about the Broncos and uh, where things could potentially go and how bad things are that kind of puts into perspective how far they still have to go. But nonetheless, we hope that the Broncos don't have to have these conversations that we just had here in the very near future. We hope that... They can string together one win. They can string together two. They can string together two. They can string together three. But we got to take it one game at a time. So with that being said, John, man, I appreciate you. It's always fun, man. man. Always fun. Always fun hanging out with you and chopping it up on the Producers Podcast brought to you by DenverSports.com and the Denver Sports app.
With that being said, we will catch you guys next time on another episode of the Producers Podcast. Right.